about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Yes, Luke 17, yes. All right, are you there? Luke 17? All right, look at verse 19. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within you. you. Notice here Jesus was explaining to the Pharisees about the kingdom of God. A miracle had just taken place. Signs and wonders were taking place, and they wanted to know what the signs of the kingdom of God were. Now, we all know that the kingdom of God is already here. How many of you know that? Jesus said the kingdom of God has arrived. And how many of you know if you're born again, you are a citizen in that kingdom? In other words, you were rescued out of the power of darkness. You've now been translated into the kingdom of his own dear son, and you are part of a whole nother spiritual government. Say government. government. Say it again, government. government. You are not part of a religion. You are part of a government. Yes. Jesus never came to start a religion. He came to bring back the government of heaven once and for all because every earthly government started by man is no good and will sooner or later fall apart. Thank you. That's the truth, praise God. Just look around. It don't matter what it is. They've all fallen apart. You're looking at the United States right now, and it's heading in that direction, praise God. Are you following me? So notice, human governments will never sustain forever. They will for a while. They may last for some time. But the kingdom of God is here, and right now it is invading the earth realm. And it's doing it through its citizens who have been made, created, given everything that they need, put in a physical body, and transported in here. You know, people say, are there people from outer space? Yeah, that's who we are. Come on, you came from heaven. You're not from here. You came from heaven, and God sent you down here to do something. Are there aliens? Yeah, I'm right here I am. Praise God, you see me? And I didn't need no spaceship to get here. He just shipped me in here, praise God, and there I was, glory to God. So we're here to make a difference, and part of the kingdom of God, of course, we found out is, is that we've got a purpose. We've been given everything that we need for that purpose, and we, we, we get a lot on, and even I did when I got out of a denomination into the full gospel Pentecostal church, which just means most of them have drums. But a real full gospel Pentecostal church that teaches on the kingdom of God. How I many you know if, if you're in a church or somebody's in a church that's not teaching on the kingdom of God, then they're not teaching what Jesus taught because that's all Jesus taught was the kingdom of God. So we're teaching on the kingdom of God, basically. And you've got to understand once you entered in there now, there's a purpose for you of being here. And once I came out and got in, I was all excited because all I was talked about on was signs, wonders, and miracles. How many know those are important? How many know that excites you about signs, wonders, and miracles? How you know somebody gets healed or delivered? You get all excited about it, praise God. And that was in my life for six or seven years, and I preached on it, and I taught on it, and I studied on it. And one day God stopped me, and he said, there's something more important yet than what you're teaching on. And I said, what could be more important in teaching than getting people healed and delivered and set free? And woo-hoo, I mean, what else is there, praise God? So he showed me, praise God. So I'm just going to try to show you here if I can remember any of the scriptures to it. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. This will be another level. Say another level. Another level. 
you hear about these different levels and different steps, and sometimes don't get frustrated because when I heard them, you know, I got frustrated because I couldn't really understand them. Then I couldn't even do them. Then I couldn't even walk in them. Then I, but how many know we're all growing? You know, we got a grandbaby now, and she's not mowing the yard yet. She's not doing anything at four months. She's just laying there yet because she's growing. Glory to God. Thank God. We'll put her on that as soon as she gets old enough. Praise God. All right, Hebrews chapter 3. Look at verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known what? My ways. Now notice, he didn't say, I'm mad at them because they don't do signs and wonders. How many know these people saw some signs and wonders? I mean, my gosh, they saw the water change to blood. They saw frogs all over the place. They saw lice. They saw all this stuff. So they were familiar with signs and wonders and miracles, yet God was still grieved with them. And the reason was is because it's didn't, they didn't know, it's not that they didn't know signs, wonders, and miracles. They did not know his ways. Say his ways. Now, when you came into the kingdom of God, you came into God ways of doing things, not the old ways of doing things. So the thing you can go after, I found with my own heart that's most powerful, is to find out God's ways of doing things which enhance the miracles, signs, and wonders that God was doing through me. Are you following me? Listen, nobody needs a miracle if they're walking in God's ways. So you won't need one then. Why is that? Because you, you won't have any problems, praise God. As long as you're walking like God, talking like God, being like God, following God's ways of doing things. And God's ways in the kingdom are definitely different than God's ways in the natural realm or the church you were in or what you're born into because the Bible says God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are not like our ways. But then he didn't say you're just stupid and stay there. He said, I sent my word to you, basically, so you could study my word and find my ways and find my thoughts, because I've written them down on paper for you, and then you can get in my ways and in my thoughts and live just like heaven on the earth. Like kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in... See, that's God's will. So in order to do that, it's more than just getting born again and going to heaven like religion has told you for years. Hallelujah. There's more to it than that. There's a growing process. There's learning God's ways. There's thinking like God's. They're, they're, they're making God decisions. And how do we know what God thinks? He wrote it down. Yeah. How do we know his will? He wrote it down. Yeah. It's in this book right here. And as a matter of fact, his wills and desires came in the flesh in Jesus Christ. And everything Jesus did was God's will and God's ways. So I can start to understand God's ways. And whenever you change from one government to another, there's different rules. Come on, there's different regulations. Come on, there's a different constitution. There's all these things that you have to learn if you move there. I mean, if I picked up and I left and I moved to the Bahamas today, I mean, if I got in my car and started driving on my side of the street that I usually drive on, I would have an accident. And I couldn't say, why did God let me do this? Why didn't he, wasn't he there? Why didn't he? No, because I was ignorant. Because I was ignorant which side of the road to drive on. I left, I went to a different kingdom, and I was in that kingdom. And I was making the wrong decisions, basically, based on what I thought was right before. The Bible says, basically, there's a way that a man thinketh to go, but it leads to destruction. Why does it lead to death and destruction? Because it's not God's way. It's the way that they were taught. It's the way that they were brought up. It's the way that they learned. So even more important than doing signs, wonders, and miracles, which are awesome, even more, we've been talking about the anointing and the power you got, are learning the ways of God so that you can operate and walk with God. If God's walking one way and you're walking another way, you're not in agreement with God. So I want to walk with God. I decided when God showed me this, and bless God, I want to walk 
with God, praise God. I want to do that. Sure, I, I was already doing signs, wonders, and miracles. I was already seeing people get healed. I was seeing stuff fall off of people's bodies. I was seeing all this stuff. But there was something deeper God wanted to take me into, and he wanted to take me into his ways of doing things, praise God. All right, go to Genesis chapter 18. All right, Genesis chapter 18, look at verse 18, 18, 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, God says, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. Now here God says, I've picked Abraham. I chose Abraham not because he was nice, not because he was bad, not because he was good, but because he's going to listen to me and he's going to learn the ways of the way I do things, so I choose him. And because of that, he was going to be blessed above all other nations. I mean, that's good. Amen. Hallelujah. So what had happened here? Abraham would teach his children. Say, teach his children. Teach his children. Hallelujah. Now we could just spend about four hours there, but we're not going to. See, teach your children. As parents, you have an obligation to teach your children what? The ways of God and how to walk in righteousness with God. That's why, uh, that's why you got married. I got married because I loved him, because I loved him, because I loved him. That's not what God says. In Malachi, he says that he brought his wife to you so that you could produce a righteous seed and keep his righteous seed gone in the earth so that he could get the kingdom of God into the earth. Look it up. See? Well, back in the old days, wasn't he trying to keep a righteous seed? I mean, one time he got to Noah and what, about seven other people? So he just had to kill everybody off to keep a righteous seed in the earth. Well, that's why he got you married. That's why he put you together. So you could have some righteous seeds and continue. And they could have some righteous seeds. And they could have more righteous seeds. Why? So that the kingdom of God would invade the earth realm and take over the earth realm, praise God. So he says, I like Abraham, he says. He's a good dude. He's going to go ahead. He's going to learn my ways. He's going to do what I taught him to do. He's going to teach his children my ways. And his children's going to teach my children my ways. And that's why he's going to be blessed in everything that he does. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Joshua 22. All right, Joshua 22, did you find it? Look at verse 5. It says, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto you and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. I mean, you know, that's a good desire there. And that's our real desire there. Yes, signs, wonders, and miracles. Yes, to be blessed. Yes, to have all this stuff. But if you walk in God's ways, you cannot help but be blessed. If you're thinking like God and, and understanding God's ways of doing things, how I many you know when you read, the, you, know, you read the gospel sometime and everybody in the church wants to equate themselves with the disciples? Why would you want to do that? Have you ever read about the disciples? Come on. Somebody didn't get along with them, so what do they want to do? Call fire down from heaven and burn them up. 
Show me the love in that, praise God. What happened? They didn't know the ways yet, did they? That's not the way we do things. Everybody wanted to be first. Put me and my brother at your right hand and at your left hand. And then the other person turned and they got mad about it and everybody. So you don't want to equate with them. Well, I'm just like Peter. I denied the Lord three times. Well, get off of Peter and get on Jesus. See, because you're going to pattern yourself after someone in this book if you read it long enough. And I found out that Jesus is probably the best one. Just guessing. I'm just guessing. But so far, he's been the best one, I think, to pattern my life after. Why? Because he's the embodiment of God's ways, God's wills, God's thoughts, everything. He just came to demonstrate them so we could see how they were done. Praise God. That's why you need to hang out with people whose ways are God's ways, not the other ways. Because ways will rub off on you. So I'm going to hang out with people who even are more weighed toward God than I am so I can learn something from them and help them learn at the same time. Are you following? See, we're not here to entertain you at TCVC on Sunday mornings. I'm here to train you and grow you up so that you walk in the things of God and in the power of God. Praise God. There's many other entertainment places out there you can go to, and they're there, and they've got lights, and they've got cameras, and they've got everything, and you can go to them if you want to, and that's fine, and I'm not putting them down because maybe that's what they're doing, but you're not going to get that here, see? You're going to get the Word of God here and the Holy Ghost here, and if that ain't enough, then you're in trouble. Just a thought. Sorry, I'm getting in the anointing this morning. (laughs) Sorry about that. Slipped off in the anointing there. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Go to Matthew 16. All right, Matthew 16, look at verse 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and low ring. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. Verse 4, a wicked... I'm sorry, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after signs, but there shall no sign be given them but the sign of the prophet Jonas, praise God. What was he doing? They were asking for a sign, and basically he rebuked them, didn't he? He rebuked them for signs and wonders. Why is that? Because they were seeking signs and wonders. These signs shall follow them. Come on, if you got your seeker in the right direction, they'll follow you. You seek signs and wonders, you're seeking the wrong thing. You're headed in the wrong direction. We want to seek Him. We want to seek the kingdom first, and then all these things will be added unto us. So it's easy when you start seeing signs and wonders to lose your focus, ain't it? Oh, yeah. Well, how was church? Nobody got healed or delivered today. It was terrible. Well, but did you learn some more of His ways while you were there? Did you grow up a little bit while you were there? Praise Hallelujah. Or were you there just to seek a sign? See, this is the problem with revival. Revival breaks out their sign, wonders, and miracles, and everybody follows the signs, wonders, and miracles. See, instead of, instead of being there. You should be in a place where you should bring something to that meeting rather than trying to get something out of it all the time to begin with. Just a thought. 
praise God, because the power of God. So signs and wonders follow us, praise God. They naturally follow us. Why? We're walking in God's ways. And when you walk in God's ways, you can't help but the supernatural operate in your life every single place you go. So notice he rebuked these people, didn't he, for wanting signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, he wasn't really rebuking me, but he was showing me a better way at this time. It's not that he was mad where I was at. He said, there's a little deeper way you can go. How many of you know he likes to take it a little deeper? How many of you really enjoy that? Yeah, you're a liar if you do, praise God. I hate it sometimes. I want to stay right where I'm at, praise God. I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go any deeper, any deeper, but he takes me there, praise God. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for his ways. I started studying Jesus. I started studying his ways. How did Jesus handle situations? How did Jesus do this? How did, I mean, Jesus walks up to a guy who's on the ground. The disciples were there, and he's screaming and foaming at the mouth and hollering and everything. The disciples can't do anything. And Jesus walks up and says, how long has he been like this? Now, the church would have jumped on him with six people. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, are you following me? I want to do it. Apparently, that demon didn't bother him much. He just wanted to know how long he was in there, so all before he cast him out. He was always laid back. He was never in a hurry. He was always, how about when Lazarus died? Well, I'll go there in a couple days and raise him. I mean, you know, that made some people mad. See, if you're going to walk in a kingdom, you're going to make religion mad at you. And you're even going to make Christians mad at you. Some Christians will be afraid of you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So notice we're studying the ways. We're finding out. Here he says wicked and adulterous ways. All right, go to Matthew chapter 7. Yeah, Matthew 7. Now, this is interesting here. It's Jesus talking, verse 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. How many know that would be his ways? Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? In thy name have we not done all these wonderful works? And then I will profess unto you, I never even knew you. Depart from me, the worker of iniquity. Well, that causes it to get quiet, don't it? Yeah, what's he talking about there? He's talking about people who are, who are after signs and wonders and after gifts and look at me, I prophesied. And look at me, I did this without knowing God himself, his ways. So you don't have to know God's ways to do miracles. You've got an anointing on the inside of you and it's going to work. Even if you don't know how to work it, it's going to accidentally do something sometime. Come on. Even, I got the anointing. I don't know how it works. Oh, you got healed? Oh, geez, I was just walking by and bumped into you. I didn't really. I say, my God, this thing works. I mean, God will do whatever he does to get you going. Come on, to jumpstart you, to prime your pump, to get you going in the right direction. So those things will happen. But notice, there's a way to work miracles. There's a way to do signs and wonders, and that's the way of God. See, the, the lady caught in adultery. What did Jesus do? You're going to hell. That's it for you. Throw stones at her. That's what Moses said. But that's what all the religious people of the day were doing. They were judging. But Jesus didn't judge them. He said, hey, she's forgiven. Give her another shot. Here, let's go. Let's see what happens. They didn't. See, whenever God, whenever I get into a place where I'm going to start judging other people, that darn God always turns it around and focuses on me. Come on, throw stones at this lady. What did he say? First one had never sinned, cast a stone. Well, that eliminated that. 
No argument there, man. You in trouble at this point because you know you sinned. You can't throw the stone. You had to look at yourself, which wasn't as pretty anyway. So you end up going. So, and that's what the Holy Ghost does. He turns it around. Amen. What about you? Yes. What about you? I went to a baseball game yesterday, and, and we had a game that was just wild, and, and our pitchers couldn't throw strikes, and they got a two, couple guys on base. They hit a ground ball to the second baseman, and the second baseman booted it, and then they walked about five more guys, and pretty soon a bunch of runs scored, and the second baseman came up to bat, and I was sitting right by the fence, and he walked up there talking to his buddy. He says, I don't know what's the matter with these pitchers that they just keep walking everybody. And I wanted to say, if you wouldn't have made an error, they wouldn't have walked the last five guys. They'd have been in the dugout where they should have been. But see, everybody's always looking at... Yes, I had four errors, but they walked three guys, and we got to do better. No, we got to do better right here. See, there's a working ground going on right now, and you to ground being worked on. And it's fun growing up, praise God. It really is. It's fun learning new things. It's fun going further. That's what revival is, is change. It's not staying the same. I'm just the same, and everybody else needs to change. And when they do, and I'm changing everybody. No, the more you change, the more you can change other people, praise God. And you're not doing it because you're up here. You're doing it because you're already up there and screwed up. And now you're up here, so you're doing it hoping they can skip the screw-up that you already did. <laughs> See, there's a few things I've been through. There's a few things I messed up. A few things I did right, praise God. But I can help people who are in the same area to get by those things without doing the screw-ups that I did up. Are you following me? So notice they were reprimanded here, praise God. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 48. Say God's ways. And here's why it's God's ways, and here's why it's emphasized in the Bible, because most people have been under a government that is not a kingdom. It's a democracy. It's uh, whatever you want it to be, but it's socialism, all this stuff. A kingdom is completely different than all these things. A kingdom has a king. He's not a president. He's not, not a vice president. He is the king. Say the king. And you can't go with him and argue about his policies. See, we want to argue, we want to discuss, is this right, is that right? We want to change the laws, we want to do this, we want to... Even the church, I mean, starts to change some laws where they can have certain people who weren't even allowed in their church 10 years ago now becoming part of their ministry. Come on now. And they get together and they talk about it and they decide what to do. You can't do that if you're in a kingdom. You can do that if you're a Christian. But not if you're part of a kingdom. When he says something, that's it, praise God. You can't live with another person in the kingdom of God. You, can't do, you can do it if you're a Christian, but you can't do it in the kingdom because a king has already spoken. And the bad news is you can't vote him out. Four years come, four years go. He's still going to be there, praise God. You ain't going to do nothing about it. See, but we can vote people out, vote them in. We can discuss things. We can do this. We can do that. But that's not it. He's already given us the ways, and he gave us those ways and those rules and those laws to help us so that we could walk in health and we could walk in joy and we could walk in peace. Whenever you've got out of his ways, that's when you've lost your peace and joy, not when you're in his ways. The ways of destruction, man, they're broad and narrow, but they're broad and wide, but the way God's way is narrow. Well, how am I going to know? I'm going to find out what that narrow way is and I'm going to walk on that path, praise God. I'm going to walk in forgiveness and I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to walk in... I mean, even, even in marriages today, you've got to walk in love because my Bible says if you're fighting with your wife, God won't even hear your prayers. Your wife could be a hindrance to your prayers. Come on, is that what the Bible says? So if you're not married yet, I would find somebody who's not going to mess up your prayer life. 
Come on, see? It's a big thing then, isn't it? Praise God, if you're not getting along. All right, Isaiah chapter 48. Look at verse 17. Thus says the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you or showeth you the way to profit, which leads thee by the way that you should go. Now, how many know that's God's ways? So here's God. He comes along and says, hey, I would like to show you how to profit. Now, how many that that interests me? Because I've got a strong desire to And if he knows the ways to profit, then I'm not going to use my ways because they haven't profited me yet. I'm going to find out what he tells me, and I'm going to profit. Say profit. Now, whenever we hear about profit or we hear about wealth, we think about money. I mean, we've just had teachings on wealth. We've had teachings on money. But let me tell you, in the whole perspective of the kingdom of God, money is way down here. It's not there. There's other profits and other prosperity, basically, and the number one is spiritual. Spiritual prosperity is important. What is that? Well, I'm learning God's ways. I'm finding out about God. I'm serving God. I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do. I'm doing my purpose. I'm doing these things. What are you doing? You're profiting spiritually. How many know that's important? It doesn't matter if you've got a million dollars in the bank and you've never profited spiritually when you die. How many know it's not going to be very good for you? So spirituality is one thing. There is a mental profiting. How many know as you go, you should be learning a few things? You should start to understand a few things. And not only for yourself mentally in the things even of the world and everything else, but then to help other people who are in the world, you can counsel them because of your mental growth that went above their mental growth in that area. Are you following me? God, a long time ago, mentally grew me up in the area of finances, how to use them, how to do this, how to do that, how to, how to be sufficient with them. So what was it? I don't know how many years ago, like 2012, 2010, everything fell apart, remember? And their house is out there, and they drop down to like, you get a house for like $40,000. I went to every young couple in the church. I said, God saith, and I saith, buy something now. It's only 40 grand. Put down a couple grand. Get yourself a house. Well, I'm waiting for a five-bedroom, six-bath. I said, you'd be waiting a long time. Get a house now while they're down, while you can get one, while everything's there. Buy yourself a house. Well, we just believe we're going to pay cash. Well, that's good to believe that, but you're not going to be... It just doesn't happen that way sometimes. You know what I mean? Some people, it does. I couldn't wait till I got $100,000 to buy a house. My God, I'd still be waiting. Come on, are you following me? So I said, buy a house. What was that? That was console, wasn't it? That was, this is a time to do it. Now that little $50,000 house, it'd be worth about two fifty dollars right now. They'd have the thing paid off. They'd probably be sell it and buying two other houses. But it's console that comes through, and that's growing up mentally. It's studying the Bible and the ways of the Bible and Proverbs like that. So profiting spiritually, then profiting mentally. Praise God. Say spiritually. spiritually. Say mentally. mentally. Now the other way you need to profit is physically. You know, we don't want to talk about physical because we're all doing something wrong. Let's just say it. <laughs> Everybody out there who does commercials thinks they're perfect. They eat everything good. They don't. They, I tell you, they got a vice out there someplace, praise God. I know they do. See, so eat this, eat that, don't eat this. But it's important that you do have physical ability because God needs your body for him to operate out of. And if you're laying flat on your back sick, you can't really do much ministering at that time and you can't do this or that so we want to keep our physical body in some kind of shape so if God calls us to do something we can go do it we're walking in health we're doing this we're telling other people how to walk in health we're exercising aren't we come on we're eating somewhat right aren't we 
And I put somewhat in capital letters, somewhat right. And we're doing things, praise God, hallelujah. So what are we doing? We're doing it physically also, praise God. So these are all things that you can profit in. I mean, how are you going to profit in wealth if you can't even get off your back to work? Lay there and say, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh. Money cometh, money not going to cometh. See, because you're laying on your booty, not being able to do anything, do you see? So we want to do that too. We want to be physical. And there, another, you can profit relationships. And I'll tell you, this is probably maybe the toughest one. Relationships. Say relationships. You need to have good relationships with good people that will help you grow. And the hardest part to do that, I think that's one of the hardest things in the entire ministry, at least it has been for me, is to find people to have relationships with. Because first of all, when you start a relationship and they come to spend time with you, you are a pastor. Capital P, capital A, S, T, O, A. See? And most of the time, they're watching every little thing you do. Oh, my gosh. He almost said poopy there. He almost came out of his mouth. On this day, he almost said that. It almost came out of his mouth. And I'm writing that down because he does that stuff too. And then when they're with you, they're afraid to do anything. How you doing? Good. Don't want to say anything wrong. How's your day going? Excellent. Because people think I'm there to judge them. And I'm not. I got enough judging right here. Do you understand? I got enough to work on right here. I don't need... I'll help you with your problems, but I'm not going to point fingers. I've got enough fingers pointing right here. So it's difficult when you're in a ministry because of that title. See, I'm a human being just like everybody else, for God's sakes. I'm here. What you see is what you get. I'm hiding nothing, praise God. You can tell that. I'm not coming out and saying, congregation, today we would like to turn to chapter 4. No, what you see is what you get, praise God. And that's what it is. If you make a mistake, then don't. I mean, when people come around me and even they're drinking, it's probably pretty cool to me just for the fact that they've, come on, they got enough guts to drink in front of me and they're not afraid that I'm going to point the finger at them and it almost makes me want to buy them one, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> See, there's got to be that, and you understand, in a relationship, there's got to, you got to be able to be able to share everything, you got to be able to, and you can't be afraid that what you shared, they're going back and putting in the bulletin. That's why we don't have one. Can't put it in there, praise God. You can insert it, but it's not going to get in the bulletin. I can tell you that right now. Glory to God. But that's the way relationships are. You've got to be able to just share whatever your heart's doing and maybe even share a little problem if you're having one. Oh, the pastor has a problem. I thought he was perfect. Jesus. See? And that's the attitudes that do that. So in your relationships, I'm talking about real relationships. I'm not talking about somebody you see on Sunday, you hug them and say, praise God, and I love you, love you, and I'll see you. No, somebody you can share with, somebody you can do things to. And, and, and it blesses me when people share some of their issues with me because I know they trust me. You know, and I want to help people, and I want to do things. And it doesn't ruin the relationship. It actually helps the relationship some. So you need to profit in relationships also. Say, relationships also. Praise God. Where am I here? I've done 12, and I don't know where I'm going. All right, I'm going to hit one more thing hard here. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Talking about the kingdom of God, God's ways, kingdom things that are important.
saw this about 10 years ago, and after this, I started preaching on the kingdom of God. Before that, I never really preached on it that much. You know, I preached on healing. I preached on all the other things, which are good. But the kingdom basically is the embodiment of all those things. Do you understand? Once you enter the kingdom, you get all those things with it, you know. It's like a buffet. You pay one price, and you get it all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shouldn't have said that. It's close to noon, and I just lost about 50% of you probably. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 24. No man or woman can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? I always say yes there. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Close. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. Don't worry about Don't even think about saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Whither else shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek or the pagans seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient are the things unto this day. So God, show me that. I read that. I said, well, that's all right. I love you more than money. You know that. And he said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. He said, no, you don't. I said, well, you're wrong again. <laughs> I said, yes, I do. He said, if you, don't, if you notice, I just eliminated your entire prayer life. And I looked at my prayer life and, Lord, help me pay the mortgage. Lord, help me pay the light bill. Lord, help me pay the heavy, the, the. All my prayer life was about what he was telling me not even think about. And I had it written down on a prayer list. Come on, that was my whole prayer list. Lord, give me a new car. Lord, pay my mortgage. Lord, do this. And I'll tell you what, that's what religion does. It makes you base your relationship with whatever deity you're dealing with on him meeting your needs rather than on him just being a wonderful deity. Are you following me? So I had to change my whole prayer life, didn't I? I couldn't pray anymore. Oh, Lord, pay my... I'm not even supposed to think about that. Lord, give me a new pair. Well, I can't really say that anymore either. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, give me some. I can't really say that either. Hallelujah. Why was that? Because I was in a wrong area. God's ways doesn't have to do with those ways. His ways has to do with seeking the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom. So all my prayers started to be involved in the seeking of the kingdom. And being in right line with him or following his paths. And then he says, if you do that, notice, all these things shall be well you don't understand I've prayed and prayed for God to give me money for the mortgage I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed are you seeking the kingdom first no but I prayed and prayed and prayed and he already told you not to pray and pray and pray that's different thinking isn't it see because it's natural people that's what God's for God's supposed to meet my needs according to his riches and glory he's supposed to do this he's supposed to do that but notice there's a way for that to function in your life and that way is to forget about I'm so thankful for the day I quit worrying about money. My God, and I'll tell you what, most of sickness in the body of Christ is probably due to the worrying about financial problems that's in their life. I mean, when you owe somebody and don't have the money to pay, how many of you know you ain't walking around saying, Hallelujah! 
yeah, thank you, Jesus. Now you're going, how you doing? Blessed. Why? Because there's pressure on you, isn't there? It's got to be paid by Tuesday. It's got to be paid. And then she goes out and buys a $3 candy bar. And oh, my God. The mortgage is due and you bought the candy bar. And then what's it do? Get in your marriage. Now your prayers aren't no good. And you can't pray anyway because your wife's mad at you. And you're just out there. You got all kinds of issues before it's over with. So I decided to find Bible prayers. Say Bible prayers. I figure if they're good enough for people in the Bible, they're good enough for me. Father, I want the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that I might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that I may be fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience, long suffering with joyful, joyfulness. So I started praying prayers out of the Bible. You know, spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge come upon me that I know the riches. See, I'm praying prayers then that's got to do with God's ways of doing things that God wants to get done. And now it's no longer me trying to get something from God, but me cooperate with God. And once I stopped cooperating with God, he started paying all my bills. So yeah, and I'll tell you right now, we look at it now as how much money you got, how many cars you got, uh, how this guy's rich. And we, uh, well, but I'll tell you what, on your funeral day, Nobody's going to get up and say, well, we just love Pastor Tom. He had a 2011 Toyota Corolla. He had $50 in the bank, and he was just doing so well. No, they're going to talk about what you did, who you touched, who you changed, who you had an effect on, what you could do, and you could be stone broke and do that. Nobody's ever going to get up and talk about how rich you are, how much stuff you had at the funeral. No, they're going to talk about, hey, he touched my life, and hey, he touched my life, and he touched me, and he got me. Because uh, those are the important things, do you see, in the kingdom. Yes. Yes. Now, we come back down to the world, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Tithing is even ridiculous to most Christians, yet 80% of them don't understand the value of it. It's just hard to explain to people why. It doesn't make sense. You ain't got enough money to pay your bills? Give God 10%. Well, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. He's supposed to be giving me 10% more so I'd have the money, praise God. But also I can tell you the kingdom of God ways are different, are you following me, than the ways of the world. So I'm going to change and I want to line up with the kingdom. So I'm not going to worry about what I eat, what I drink, what I wear. I'm not even worrying about tomorrow. He already said today's got enough problems. And How many know he's right? Hit that right on the head, didn't he? No sense worrying about that. Well, four months from now, this is supposed to happen. Dear Jesus, you know how much stuff could change in four months? So you can't get out there on that stuff and get over there. Study it. Get it into the ways of God where you understand how God handles this situation, how he handles that situation. People all the time saying, oh, I want to go to heaven. Oh, Lord, fly, fly away. Oh, glory, I'll fly away. Everybody looking to go to heaven. And if you go to John 17, Jesus prayed just the opposite. I pray, Father, that you keep them on the earth. And we're saying, take us to heaven. Jesus is saying, keep them on earth. Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> Come on, our thought life out there has been so trained by religion and things like that that we don't even think anywhere with the ways and what God wants to do in our lives and wants to do in the earth realm, praise God. But as you look at this word, and as you sit under the word, and as you study the word, and as you spend time in the word, all I want you to understand, the main thing that you're here for is his kingdom come and his will and his plan be done on this earth, praise God. And as long as you're doing that, I don't care how poor you are, you won't stay poor. God going to see it that you've got plenty to do what he's called you to do as long as you're doing what he called you to do to begin with rather than what you did. He's not here to support your plan. You're here to support his plan. Because if you get out in your own plan, it won't take long to figure it out. 
Come on. Get off on the wrong road. You'll know. Praise God. All right, one more. Go to Isaiah chapter 2. How would you like to be like Solomon? God come to you and say, have anything you want. Pick out whatever you want. Woo, woo, Maserati. Hello, baby. <laughs> now, what did he say? Wisdom. You know why he said wisdom? Because he already had some. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah chapter 2. Look at verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye. And let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's been one of my prayers now for the last 10 years. I just want to get in the presence of God. And when I get in the presence of God, I fully expect him to teach me his ways. As he teaches me his ways, I'm going to walk in his paths. And as I walk in his paths, is there signs, wonders, and miracles? They are. But to be honest with you, they don't nearly excite me as much as they used to. Even though they're they're wonderful, you're setting someone free, you're doing it. But I'd rather walk in his paths all day. Come on, in his presence. We sang the one song, I just want to be in his presence, praise God. I'd rather be in his presence for two minutes than out there doing something else for all week long, praise God, because that's where he downloads to you. That's where he reveals things to you. That's where he shows things to you. That's where he shows you your, his ways of doing things. And if things aren't working in an area of your life, go to God and find out the right way to do it. It's a simple adjustment. Just find out what I'm doing wrong and change it. And most of the time, I'll tell you, I think we talked a little bit about a Wednesday night. Simply, you're simply believing a lie. You're just believing not what's true. You think it's right because somebody told you, your parents taught you, your friends told you that was the way, the world told you, the newspaper told you, a book told you, all these things told you, and you thought that was the way to do things, and it wasn't, praise God. If you're going to read books by people, find out where they are. They're going to be giving you all kind of stuff, praise God. Well, everybody's got to go through the fire. Yeah, well, if you step in it, you're going to burn, praise God. See, it's not that way, glory to God. God promises us victory. He promises you the anointing. He promises you good days. He promises you peace and joy and love and power. And that's the way the kingdom citizens are going to draw other people into the kingdom of God, praise God. Is wealth going to be a part of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need wealth, praise God. If we're going to take over the TV stations, take over the radio station, take over the prince of the power of the air, take over the... It takes money, do you understand? And who's ever got the money controls those things. You can can tell who's got the money in some of the areas right now because it's being controlled by the prince of the power of the air, praise God. But that's going to be changed. That's going to be upended. It's all slowly moving. We're gaining every single day. Everybody you get born again today is another victory, praise God. The devil can't do nothing about. He can't get anybody unsaved, praise God. All he can do is go around and lie to the ones that you get saved and tell them that they can't do nothing, to tell them to continue to live in sin and all that stuff. But praise God, you've got a group of people who are going to rise up out of the ashes finally. They're going to stop operating in the power of a God. They're going to see with their eyes things that other people people don't see. They're going to walk in a new newness of life, praise God, where people are going to see joy and peace in the midst of hell itself on earth. They're going to be in a, an attachment that people are going to look at and say, I want to be that. I want to be like that. I want to be like him. I want to be like you. And praise God, you're going to have the mental wellness. You're going to have the physical health. You're going to have everything that you need to relay it to them and grow them up. And I tell you, this thing is going to spread like dominoes. You know, you push one domino down and the rest of them go down and it's going to be spread. But somebody's got to do the first push. There's got to be some pushy people, praise God. 
who pushed that first domino. Because I'll tell you what, this is what people are looking for. Do you understand? Well, they may not like me. Oh, they'll like you. They may resist you at first, but let me tell you, that's what they're looking for, praise God. They're looking for a good life. Hallelujah. That's why they're praying to get out of here, because their life stinks so much. Praise God, but they got a purpose and they got a job here to do. And we are the ones. Say, we are the ones. Look at the person on the right. Say, you're the one. Person on your left. Say, you're the one. Point at you. Say, I'm the one responsible for finding out, for walking in the ways of God, for bringing change every place that I go. I'm not a pagan. I don't worry about money, clothes, food. I seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his ways and all that stuff will be taken care of. Hallelujah. All right, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. the king.